0: Many of you will stop listening to this podcast before my intro is even done. Now, while that hurts my ego, I can rationalize this by the fact that new studies show that the average millennial has an attention span of 12 seconds, whereas the average Gen Zer has an attention span of 8 seconds. And if you fall into either of the two generations, it's also unlikely that you're only listening to my podcast, but rather doing something else on your phone or computer as I speak. These facts surrounding the attention spans of millennials and Gen Z are why clickbait has continued to thrive. Clickbait is content whose main purpose is to attract attention and encourage visitors to click on a link. And discussing clickbait often evokes examples of the more laughable instances of it being used across the web, instances that you probably don't buy into. But it's important to realize that in recent years, the strategy behind clickbait has evolved into a more standard practice across digital media. And it's safe to assume that this practice will only be more prevalent as time goes on. What are the implications of clickbait becoming the new norm for digital content? Is this a future that we need to be fearful of? All of this and more will be explored today on Tube Circuit. I'm Dylan Harari. Much like a dessert after a meal, my favorite part of getting to the end of an article is in seeing the ridiculous sponsored content articles, huge air quotes there, that are featured on the bottom why would i not as the articles seem to provide the need to know info we all crave in our day-to-day lives such as a mom's five dollar wrinkle cure revealed eight women you won't believe actually exist and 16 child stars that grew up to be super attractive this advertising that i know you're more than familiar with is called chum box advertising in fishing terms Chum is decomposing fish matter that's thrown into the water in order to attract larger fish. In the case of Chumbox Advertising, the larger fish are the 50-year-olds and above who will click on a link in order to learn why dermatologists hate her for her one skincare secret. This past week, the Department of Justice approved the merger of the two largest of these companies, Taboola and Outbrain, Who were both earning more than one billion dollars annually while most banner ads on a website have a click-through rate of about 0.1 percent taboola and outbrain claim that a given ad delivered through them will have a click-through rate of one percent if not higher so to answer the question in the back of your mind yes people actually click these eric hadley the former marketing chief at outbrain brazenly told the new york times last year quote you may laugh at these ads but people click on them this is clearly working somehow yes the reason that you are so familiar with these absurd sponsored content articles is because they're unbelievably successful That is the only reason that CNBC, NBC, USA Today, Huffington Post, CNN, and seemingly every other news publication puts their journalistic credibility on the line in order to have these articles appear on their website. But maybe the reason I, as well as you, derive so much humor from these absurd sponsored content news headlines is because I am not tempted in the slightest to click on them, and frankly due to the amount of Chumbox headlines that claim they hold the cure to Alzheimer's, it's safe to assume that we are not in their key demographic. Because of this, you might not care about the implications behind the success of Chumbox advertising. Maybe, just like travel agencies, this style of advertising will be naturally phased out by younger, more tech-savvy generations. While we laugh at the more egregious and obvious offenders of this clickbait, we're really overlooking how this is becoming normalized across all of digital media today. For the purposes of this podcast, let's define this clickbait as content whose main purpose is to attract attention and encourage visitors to click on a link. That is the key incentive, clicks. The concept of leveraging clickbait in order to gain unprecedented traffic to your site has been used in one form or another for some time. But for the modern standard of this tactic, let's first look to the success of BuzzFeed. For many of us, BuzzFeed was our first exposure to overt clickbait being used at scale. You could say they normalized it as a mainstream tactic. There is, of course, a long history of publications delicately using slightly exaggerated headlines in order to make it more tempting to click on their article. BuzzFeed, however, is known for taking the strategy of being a hyped-up 20-something PR person and producing and titling the content on their site. Why write an article about the history of behind-the-scenes magic to cinema throughout the years when you can make a slideshow titled 20 Shocking Movie Facts That Sound Fake That Have One-Sentence Fun Facts? Why analyze the way in which certain mammals use their bodies to communicate when you can make a picture gallery titled 21 Elephants Who Know How to Party. At the end of the day, these tactics have worked incredibly effectively. Use a tantalizing headline to get people to click on your easy-to-digest content. It's tailor-made for the attention spans of the digital generations. In 2013, BuzzFeed had 40 million unique monthly visitors to their site. For comparison... The Washington Post had 25 million unique digital visitors to their site. But over the past seven years, things have changed. By 2019, The Washington Post had 85 million-plus unique monthly visitors to their site, while BuzzFeed had 75 million-plus. While they've both grown significantly over the years, The Washington Post now beats BuzzFeed in unique monthly visitors. Now, does this mean that clickbait content had an expiration date and the general public just kind of grew tired of these gimmicks and ploys? Not exactly. Rather, The Washington Post co-opted this strategy. Soon after Jeff Bezos' acquisition of The Washington Post in 2013, the publication realized that the opportunity for growth was in a reorientation around viral content, along with large investments in tech and social media the Washington Post site became a blend of hard news headline with bits of clickbait sprinkled throughout every corner of the site. In between stories about domestic and international politics, you'd see headlines like, An orphan boy moved into his grandparents' home. The homeowners' association wants to kick him out. And officials said he died in a fall. Then his wife admitted to poisoning his water with eye drops. <gasps> While both may be interesting stories that can justify articles, ask yourself, is the purpose of these stories and their titles to start a conversation about an overlooked issue? Or to generate clicks and shares? Are they really chasing virality? We know the ways in which this method is being used successfully to capture the eyeballs and clicks of millennials and baby boomers. But any platform or publisher that's worth their salt is looking ahead. How can this tactic of clickbait be used to target Generation Z? Generation Z is the first digital native generation. Will there need to be a completely new method to grab the attention of this tech-fluent demographic? Well, in reality, the characteristics of this generation make them the perfect target for clickbait. This is why it's currently one of the most prevalent methods of targeting a generation that holds $44 billion in annual purchasing power and influences $600 billion in spending. Generation Z, born between 1996 and 2015, say they can't be without internet access for more than four hours without being uncomfortable. And speaking only for myself and others I know, four hours seems like a bit of a stretch. Most Gen Zers I know, myself included, get antsy at around the two-hour mark. But merely having access to the internet doesn't mean Gen Z will then quickly be content. 66% of Gen Zers use more than one device at the same time, and, as mentioned earlier, while Millennials are said to have an attention span of 12 seconds, studies show that Gen Z has an attention span of 8 seconds. What has been the best way to target Gen Z thus far? Well, while Millennials spend about 41% of their time on a smartphone, Gen Z spends 62% of their time online on a smartphone, which is why Snapchat, which is downloaded by 90% of 13 to 24 year olds in the United States, has successfully been utilizing this strategy. Snapchat launched their Discover feature in 2015, which highlighted stories and videos provided by third-party publishers, as well as Snapchat's in-house team of journalists. By 2016, Cosmopolitan said they were getting 20 million views per month through Snapchat Discover. Now that's great, but it is barely enough to justify the costs of producing a show that could be featured on Snapchat. This is because it would have to fit around their vertical only style of viewing. But by 2019, Snapchat reported that Discover channels were reaching the high double digits millions per month. How was this accomplished exactly? Well, Instead of analyzing the ins and outs of the limited data that's available, I will instead read out some of the largely printed clickable stories that are featured on my Snapchat Discover right now. The man with the 18-inch neck. Have you seen a snipe this long? Charlie D'Amelio reveals shocking reason for nose surgery, and I don't need arms or legs to swim showing a photo of a man who has no limbs in water. Yes, they are utilizing the magic of clickbait in order to get their users to click on stories. One could argue that this is eerily similar to the chumbox advertising that is frequently parodied by our generation. Now, has this foray into clickbaiting Gen Z been successful? In Q1 of 2020, Snap made $462 million, a year-over-year increase of 44%. And due to the economic uncertainty that's come with COVID-19, Q2 of 2020 has seen year-over-year revenue slowdown for Snap of 25%. But this is fairly significant compared to the Q2 revenue increases of other social media platforms. Now, of course we can't attribute the entirety of Snapchat's revenue increase to utilizing clickbait. But Snapchat has recently reported a 40% year-over-year increase in watch time of Discover content. Clearly, clickbait is being used successfully with Gen Z on Snapchat. But this is a huge company who's been able to analyze a wealth of user data in order to find the best methods to get their users to click on the Discover content. But on platforms like YouTube, Clickbait is being used every single day by savvy YouTubers who realize how they can make the ever-unpredictable algorithm serve their videos to more people. For YouTubers, it really is not rocket science. The higher your video's click-through rate, the more people your video will be recommended to, clearly incentivizing YouTubers to get users to click on the video through the titles and thumbnails. The majority of every generation checks YouTube once a week, but 52% of baby boomers are active YouTube users, which pales in comparison to the 85% of teens who are active YouTube users. YouTubers have long parodied the way in which many videos that reach millions of views often feature tags in the title like Emotional, with a video thumbnail, the image that's used to advertise the video, showing the YouTuber holding back tears. These videos are a hit with Generation Z. Really, whether it's a surprised reaction in the thumbnail or a happy reaction, one of the most successful forms of YouTube clickbait exists with a person showing an exaggerated facial expression in the thumbnail. Last month, data analyst Amar Al-Yusifi looked into what makes a YouTube video land on their trending tab. He found that far and wide, the most frequently appeared image in a trending thumbnail is of a person as the focal point. In addition, to the younger end of Gen Z, the YouTube Kids app has proven how successful clickbait is for garnering attention for young children. The YouTube Kids app is an app by YouTube made for parents who want to throw their 5-year-old an iPad without the worries of them seeing anything inappropriate. This app has been massively successful, in large part due to clickbait videos. Opening the app feels like you're diving headfirst into a bag of Skittles. You are overwhelmed with the brightest thumbnails you've ever seen. This, of course, is because creators on YouTube Kids have an incentive to be the next video that that five-year-old is going to click on. In the first three months of 2020, people around the world spent more time in the YouTube Kids app than any other service or platform beating out the likes of Netflix, Twitch, and even YouTube main. For that, YouTube can thank clickbait. It's clear that clickbait is just as prevalent as ever in digital media, and I am not saying that there is anything objectively bad about clickbait. Search Engine Optimization (SEO) has been used for some time in order to strategically title articles or videos that will make them appear more prominently in searches. This is one of the most important pillars of digital advertising. But it's important to focus on where clickbait can lead to misinformation. A 2017 study at Notre Dame University showed that 73% of posts on Reddit are voted on by users who haven't clicked the article, meaning that the majority of people on the site are only aware of the one sentence headline, but still click to show their support and raise it higher in Reddit's algorithm. While this doesn't serve much harm for Reddit communities such as r/quilting, a community for 57,000 quilting enthusiasts. Consider the negative implications this holds for a subreddit like r/politics, which has a community of over 6 million discussing domestic and international politics. Articles being upvoted to receive more visibility could easily feature unvetted misinformation. In the same vein of potential misinformation, YouTube has been a case study in what happens when the primary incentive of publishers is to get clicks. YouTube has had to perform the incredibly perilous juggling act of incentivizing creators to make videos that will be clicked on, while also ensuring that they're not creating an environment that supports inappropriate content and misinformation. In April, when coronavirus rocked the world around us, YouTube saw a 75% increase in their news category. But along with substantive reporting about the pandemic, also came a wave of bizarre misinformation videos about 5G towers being responsible for the virus. Many YouTube videos on the topic were made, some of which garnered millions of views. This resulted in a few 5G towers being burned by people in the UK. These videos had titles like Coronavirus is 5G-Led in all capitals. Clearly, that was interesting enough of a title to get millions to click and to get some to be truly compelled by the underlying message. Many of the videos also featured hashtag Film your hospital, which was a misinformation campaign that was meant to expose what was really happening in hospitals across America. For YouTube's part, they scrubbed their site of these conspiracy videos, as well as any video that had unsupported claims about possible cures. This isn't the first time that YouTube has had to crack down on the dangers to clickbait. As we just discussed, the YouTube Kids app is rife with clickbait. While much of the content is as innocent as you can imagine, counting videos, cute cartoons, there have been instances of it going from weird to downright evil. Starting with weird, there are videos across YouTube kids that have accrued billions of views, and the content is merely someone opening a plastic egg with toys in them. It is weird, but if you're a child, it's not. If you're four years old, it's probably the most mesmerizing and thrilling piece of content you could watch. Clearly, someone along the way realized that these videos excite children to no end, and decided to produce them at scale. Using clickbait techniques of bright thumbnails and titles that feature keywords such as Paw Patrol, Disney, Mickey, the creators of these videos knew kids would click in the billions. But how about where it turns overtly evil? In 2017, YouTube had to crack down on many videos that were slipping through the cracks into YouTube kids that parents claimed were legitimately traumatizing their children. These videos would be crude animations of popular characters for children, such as Spider-Man, Elsa from Frozen, Peppa the Pig, in situations such as car crashes, drowning, drinking bleach, and screaming-filled dentist visits. Not to mention, there were many of these characters in sometimes implicit, other times explicit, sexual scenarios. These videos had received millions upon millions of views, While YouTube did crack down on this content and now specifically bans children's characters in inappropriate situations, this shows that someone, at some point in time, weaponized clickbait as well as the morbid curiosity that exists within humans of all ages in order to garner exorbitant amount of views to their content. Through the modern-day implementations of clickbait across Snapchat and YouTube, we are seeing that this method of advertising content is as prevalent and successful as it's ever been. And with attention spans shrinking and a craving for instant gratification growing, we are developing a digital world in which the incentive for many publishers and content creators is to get that initial click. If modern clickbait merely meant a video or article with a title and photo that oversold the content that's behind the click, things aren't too bad. Maybe future generations are just going to be more skeptical than ever in what's being advertised to them. They expect to be shocked by something that's advertised as the most thrilling piece of content they've ever seen, only to be mildly amused at best when they click. But consider the sponsored content Chumbox Advertising that's featured on the bottom of a CNN article claiming to hold the potential cure for Alzheimer's. As we've discussed... You see and laugh at this because you know it's fake, but this doesn't mean it's not receiving clicks. It is receiving disproportionately high clicks, which is why you continue to see absurd headlines. So how different is that than 5G coronavirus conspiracy theories that were able to gain traction across YouTube? The reason that the Alzheimer's Cure-sponsored content article and the 5G Conspiracy Theory video receive any level of prominence is because the profit incentive around producing content is to capture someone's initial curiosity. There's little harm in tantalizing headlines for a Snapchat Discover video or YouTube video. But a clickbait culture may be a slippery slope to having widespread incentivized misinformation being spread across digital platforms. Clickbait will only continue to be used by an increasing number of publishers, content creators, and digital platforms in order to drive more traffic. It will continue to be a staple of digital advertising. For now, All we can do is remain aware of the ramifications of incentivizing clicks above all else. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tube Circuit Exploring Digital Media.